Hello, and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Thurman, alongside... Ryan Balsiver. Ryan, what a great, great day to be a football fan. Am I right? I feel like every day is a great day to be a football fan. Well, not if you're a Lions fan. But today is even a great day for Lions fans. You know why? Why? They hired their new head coach. Five years from now, this could also be a really bad day. But for now, it's a good day. For now, it is a good day. It's also a fantastic day for the whole Steelers organization for reasons that you'll see eventually, Ryan. And um, exactly why. You know exactly why, but you're not going to like what I have to say. Uh, Also, Lions, what did y'all get so mean? Like, we're a minute and a half into this podcast episode, and I'm all of a sudden terrified of you. Like, kudos to you for hiring a new guy, Dan Campbell, right? I believe, yeah. Yeah. He's played for the Lions, too. I think I saw that. Um, If I'm wrong, roast me. I don't care. But he was like, when we get knocked down, we're going to get back up and, like, break your kneecaps on the way up. And then if we get knocked down again, we're going to break your other kneecap. We're going to spit in your face. Like, all, all sorts of weird stuff. And honestly, I can get behind it. Like, I'm not a football player. I'm not a Lions fan. I've never been to Detroit. But I can get behind that, Ryan. Just, like, don't think about it too hard. Like, as long as you don't think about it, it's really cool. But when you think about it, it's just kind of strange. Oh, yeah. But I love the energy. Yeah, I mean, we very well could be seeing, like, early signs of CTE with him saying that. But it is what it is. And... It's a new head coach for the Lions, and I really wish him the best of luck. He's very talented, a brilliant football mind, uh, and he's not the only one with new hires, Ryan. Am I right? There are a lot of teams that made new hires, really. You want to talk about the Eagles a little bit? I know you just love them so much. I'm not going to lie. I can't criticize the hire. I, I can't remember his name, though. Do you have the name in front of you? I'm looking at right now, or by right now, I mean about to be right now. So why don't you go ahead and say something while this is loading. Offensive coordinator for the Colts before now, uh, which means he worked with Frank Reich, who, if you recall, works really well with Carson Wentz. So if you're going to try to repair this relationship with Wentz, bring in the guy who's connected to the guy that Wentz really liked. I don't think that's a bad move. Colts offense wasn't bad. I mean, with Phillip Rivers, who isn't a terrible, who wasn't a terrible quarterback last year. And we'll get to him. Obviously there's very important news regarding him. You know, he was decent. The offense was decent. It was a playoff team. So he's shown signs of success. He seems like he could work well with Wentz to repair that relationship. I don't really have anything bad to say about this hire. I think it was a solid enough move. And hopefully, well, if they're trying to repair Wentz's relationship, hopefully they do. Yeah, the the name you're looking for is uh, former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. And I think it was very impressive to see what he did with Philip Rivers. You're taking in a veteran guy who's going to be away from the San Diego, Los Angeles, Bay Area of California, and you're going to take him to Indianapolis, a new offense, new scheme. Of course, we all know the great talent that Philip River, Rivers was in the league, but still to be able to have your players adjust to that, it's impressive. So let's see what he can do in Philadelphia. Not to mention it was his first year in the Colts, too. Yeah, a, a one and done. And by done, we mean moving on. 
Good for him. I'll tell you what, though. Let me just go ahead and, like, paint a few pictures for how different the league is going to look like next season. You ready? All right. The Jaguars hired Urban Meyer as their head coach. Urban Meyer won the college national championship with Ohio State and Florida State. There are not many head coaches that have won the national championship with multiple schools. That's just impressive. Uh, the New York Jets hired Robert Sala. Uh, I think we talked about a couple of these last week, and we're going to talk about the new ones as we keep going. Uh, so good for them. Great pick. Great, great pick. As a Chiefs fan, I have nothing but respect for Sala. What about you? Again, I think he brings what that Jets culture is going to need, an actual culture. I'm a fan of the move. Me too. Nothing like hiring culture to get culture. And let's see if that's actually what's going to happen. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons hire Arthur Smith. That's okay, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't one I'm overly familiar with. I couldn't say a whole lot about him, to be honest with you. But that's one where I'm just going to have to say, ah, they, they're a professional team. They probably know what they're doing and assume that they know what they're doing. I don't know. I'm getting 28-3 to vibes off this hire. Well, that's because the Falcons in general, so. Oh, right, all right. Well, I don't, I don't mind the Falcons. They're probably a top five favorite team of mine if I were to, like, list them out. But I do know a lot about Arthur Smith. He was the Titans offensive coordinator, and now he's going to Atlanta as the head coach. I don't know how I feel about it, though. Like, I think the move in Tennessee with getting Tannehill and watching his growth and then Derrick Henry and the great wide receivers – like, there's no denying Tennessee has a stacked offense. But was that more Arthur Smith's doing or the management or Vrabel? I really don't understand this hire over the other people that were available. But Atlanta says, Atlanta says they have their guy, and I sure hope they do. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers hire Brandon Staley. I'm pretty neutral with this hire, to be honest. A little more familiar with him than Smith, but still not incredibly familiar with him. So it's a little unfair to judge. I think most people they put into that Chargers position have a good chance of success. So I think he'll work out to be at least a decent high because that team has so much potential if you just use it right. So we'll have to wait and see how that one actually goes. But I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on that one. By the way, there's that sound again. I don't know if you recognize there is that sound that's been going on in this podcast for a while we've yet to identify it but uh yeah um the los angeles chargers hiring brandon staley actually reminds me of the arthur smith hire but in a different way so you have arthur smith office coordinator at tennessee leaves tennessee but tennessee's offense is still going to be crazy they're still going to be good now you have the los angeles rams previous defensive coordinator moving to the opposite side of SoFi Stadium and working with the Chargers organization as their head coach. So it's good in a way. I guess you don't have to move too, too much on the – you don't have to move, period. But as far as facilities go and management, it'll make the L.A.-L.A. rivalry a little bit sweeter, you know? That's what we'd love to see. Uh, we talked about Detroit hiring Dan Campbell, and I am with that right now. I love that. Um, how about the Houston Texans, though? Have they actually hired someone yet? No. 
Will, you know who, as of six hours ago, announced that he would like to be a head coach? Who would like to be a head coach? Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. They, he's the guy that Deshaun wanted, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, man, I don't think it matters now, though. I, I think time for that has come and gone. Well, Doesn't if he, Houston, they might still hire him. Yeah, I think that would honestly be a great fit. I would hate to see him go, but it is what it is. Also, you know, I wonder if uh, Josh McDaniel stays in the running for them. Uh, I don't think you even consider Josh McDaniels, right? Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't even think you consider him. He's not made enough noise in the coaching race to be worthy of that. Almost, at least that's how it feels. But also within that Houston organization, they hired their general manager, Nick Casario. So good for them. The Broncos hired general manager George Patton. Uh, George Patton was for a long time with the Vikings organization as an assistant general manager slash vice president of player personnel. So now he has some experiences, a somewhat small 14 years in Minnesota. So not much, not much good for him though. Um, the Detroit Lions hire Brad Holmes and immediately go and hire head coach that threatens to break knees. Um, the Panthers hired Scott Fitterer. Now, this is a little bit interesting because he worked with the Seahawks organization, was their vice president of football operations for a bit of time as well. So, you know, a lot of these, I don't know if you'd call them emerging NFC teams, making a lot of Coaching personnel changes. The Seahawks possibly looking at being on a down, a, a down climb. Is that what? What's the word I'm thinking of? Decline. Decline. Sorry, I'm bad at English. It's not that important, right? No, probably not. Uh, but what is important? The football team. They hired general manager Martin Mayhew. Now, this used to be a 49ers executive. And then was hired by, yes, again, it is still the Washington football team. No official team name has been given. No, personally, I would love them to be named the Red Tails. Uh, yeah, they got Martin Mayhew. Good for them. Uh, that's a step in the right direction. Jaguars hired Trent Blake. Now, a lot of this stuff people probably already knew, especially if you follow with the teams or you had some, some sort of idea about where it was going. But it's good to talk about that on this podcast and to get a real feel for the league next season. Yeah, nothing wrong with uh, getting two random opinions on the internet about them, right? No, not at all. However, we're not here to talk about coaches, are we, Ryan? Well, not not anymore. We already we already did that. But okay, if you had to talk about one thing in this podcast episode, what would it be? You're really gonna ask the Steelers fan with the news that went down today what I'd talk about? Okay, I'll I'll start talking, and you can piggyback what I'm saying. Then, if that's how it's going to be, uh... <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making you work for it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. I promise. Uh, the divisional round, the divisional round of the playoffs, were held last weekend, and now we are down to the final four NFL teams. And guess what? There's less games, which means we get to talk about them just a little bit more. You get to hear our beautiful voices a little bit more than you probably want to per game, especially mine. But here we go. Starting off the first game that was played 
Rams and Packers, and the Packers defeat the Los Angeles Rams 32-18 to to move on slash host the NFC Championship game. Ryan, Aaron Rodgers had always said he wanted to host an NFC Championship game. Hasn't had a great opportunity to do so in a long, long time. And now here they are, ready to host. Well, we'll get there. I'll announce who, who he plays next. But what do you think about this? An opportunity for the Packers to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. This Rams team was never going to compete. I mean, if you remember how quickly I answered with the Packers when you asked that question, this game went exactly how I expected it to. Rams, solid year. You had quarterback issues, which you know never helps. You weren't winning this game. There's like, there's, I don't know. I don't know if I really have much to say on it other than that. Like, straight up, you guys were just not winning this game. It was not going to happen. So, sorry, I guess. Uh, come back next year and try again. And, you know, I think they give themselves a good shot with that. However, you got to wonder on that defensive side. I made the comparison. What was his name? The defensive coordinator that moved to the Chargers. I'm so high with names. It will come back to me. I was going to type in Google Chargers new head coach. Brandon Staley. Okay, yeah. So now you're giving the keys of the kingdom to build a brand <clears throat> excuse me, a brand new offense style around Justin Herbert from a defensive mind. I really want to see if he can do it. Because you it's a little bit controversial looking at defensive coordinators and head coaching. Because coaches typically are one-sided. They're an offensive mind or defensive mind. And Brandon Staley, they see him as someone who's flexible enough to be both. He could be a Mike Vrabel type and carry the Chargers to a sneaky, sneaky AFC championship appearance. I don't know. But right now, the defense is what needs to be great. For the Rams in particular, actually, because their defensive coordinator gone, this is when Jalen Ramsey makes his money. This is when Aaron Donald makes his money. Prove to the Rams organization that you can win next season without your defensive coordinator. And we know you we know you can do that. We know you've been doing that. But still, this is an opportunity for you to separate yourself from the coaching personnel. Define yourself as a player. And for the Packers, Ryan. Only good signs. They are terrifying. Absolutely. Just so unequivocally better than a still very good Rams team. Like, I don't know if there's really anything I can say to make the Rams feel any better. You guys were, you guys were beated. You were not the better team. Goodness, this Packers team is good. And what's crazy is they are good and they're not good simultaneously. Well, what? What do you mean? You've been kissing the Packers like all week long. What are you talking about? Well, look at who the Packers were last year. Last year, they got destroyed by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game with arguably very similar personnel, same coaching, same players. What does Green Bay go and do? They draft a rookie quarterback and scare the living daylights out of an aging Aaron Rodgers, who then 
goes out and steals the MVP from anyone else who was even thinking they could earn it. Because I don't think it's a debate right now that Rodgers is the MVP. Am, am I fair? Is it fair to say that? He will win MVP, yes. Good, good. Because he sure is acting like it. The 13-3 and three Packers being able to host an NFC Championship, Rodgers has been wanting that forever. And here's another fun fact for you, Ryan. Green Bay, they're 7-1 and one all time playing a home playoff game on a Saturday. So keep that in mind. Well, actually, they play Sunday this time. But I say that in reflection of the divisional round. Excuse me. I know that was a little bit confusing. But in the divisional round, they go out there on Saturday, which has proven to be far from their kryptonite, and defeat yet again a very good Rams team. Packers just did the did the job. Good for them. Still, do you not think it's a little bit surprising, though? Same personnel just a little bit more motivation to get the job done? I don't think so. I think that at the end of the day, sometimes a team thinks that they're entitled to a win, and very quickly they learn that, hey, no, we're not. And I think last year kind of woke the Packers up a little bit. So I think last year was your, like, all right, whatever, wasn't good enough. And they know now, like, we're running out of time. Like, they're seeing what is probably the end of Drew Brees' career, what is certainly the end of Philip Rivers, that's one's official, you can't let that happen to Rodgers. You can't let him go out without getting him, you know, one more, at least Super Bowl appearance. Because, let's let's be real here, Jordan Love is no Aaron Rodgers, nor do I think he's going to be. I think they're being scared just by the fact that a lot of these big quarterbacks who, you know, we've always been like, ah, they're never going to retire. They're retiring. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought Philip Rivers would have retired? That, I didn't hear any speculation about that earlier this season. I, 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 he I, was I, on like a two-year contract, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I did I did hear some speculation. I, I, I heard it was leaning a little bit towards no, but... I, I did hear some things about it maybe happening. Well, again, best of luck to Philip Rivers. Uh, we'll get there as far as the news goes because we talked about a lot of news, but there's, uh, there's some more stuff to talk about, isn't there, Ryan? Oh, you know there is. Well, we'll get to that when we get there. Packers beat the Rams 32-18. to 18. Move on to host the NFC Championship game. What about the other side of the NFC? One more game was played in the divisional round for the NFC teams last weekend. The Buccaneers traveled to New Orleans and sent Drew Brees to the retirement home. Ryan, did you expect a 30-20 to Tom Brady beating the Saints game? Saints fans, that was not a pretty game. In fact, that was a really, really ugly game. I thought Drew Brees was going to be better better than that. I think we all thought Drew Brees was going to be better than that. And unfortunately, he wasn't. I think that was the only difference in the game. I mean, for all the years that Brees has been the heart and soul of this team, he was just not good in this game. But we can say that. He wasn't good. I didn't expect it to be... I mean, I predicted Buccaneers to lose. I thought Breeze was going to play a better game. Uh, Winston looked good. 
He had one pass for a touchdown. It was like 56 yards. He looked good. Could be a, a good replacement. Michael Thomas had like no catches. He had one yeah. touchdown the entire season. Yeah, I mean, although it did come out he had a lot of injuries in this game. He was just trying he was trying to get Breeze's ring. And I, I do respect that, but players really gotta start taking care of their health a little bit better. Like I don't I don't know how anyone allows him to play. Like, did he hide it from the team? Did the team know? That's a whole other issue, though. At the end of the day, their big players, simply put, were not big in this game. And it cost them dearly. Bucks had a good game. They weren't spectacular, but they played good enough to win. And Drew Brees, I'm sorry that your career was wasted. Let's not go that far. 2000, I wasn't nine that he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and since then, it has just been nothing but failure. Okay, well, sleep easy, Drew, because you had a fantastic career. You're a, he, yeah, you're a, you're shoe in for the Hall of Fame. People can debate a little bit about Rivers, but he's going. Um, Drew Brees, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's one of the first quarterbacks where, like, I've been growing up watching football and I've always known Drew Brees, and then poof, he's retired. And that's going to stick with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it certainly will for Saints fans. But Saints fans, I'm sorry. You can't blame the refs for this one. You just they, can't. They can try. No, if anything, Browns fans have a very, very and let me repeat as a Chiefs fan, very good reason to blame the rest, but we'll get there. Um, as far as the Buccaneers go, man, third looking kind of scary as well. But keep in mind, a 10-point game, which never really felt like a 10-point game. It always kind of felt like a three-point game or a seven-point game. But math is math, and it was a 10-point game against the Saints team that really wasn't playing good. Drew Brees threw three interceptions, one touchdown. And the Buccaneers, did they capitalize on that? Yeah, they, they got one pick six, didn't they? I think, yes. It's It doesn't bode well for the lineup with Tampa Bay at Green Bay. So we're just going to see what happens when we get to the game picks. And believe me, Game picks is going to be interesting. Uh, but that's where we are with the NFC standings. Uh, kudos to Drew Brees, a fantastic career. Um, Alvin Kamara, if you uh, want to have a successful career and a Super Bowl winning career, get out of New Orleans as fast as possible. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, this is still a good Saints team, I feel. Going forward, even without Drew Brees, like you said, you mentioned Jameis Winston. Uh, they'll probably draft someone in the late rounds, I hope, just for stability. Um, I see them as a very scary team. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, not to mention the defensive line and Michael Jordan, right? Close. close. You're, you're almost there. If you want to know why I called uh, their defensive lineman uh, Michael Jordan, just uh, go and listen to the episode prior to this. Um, it's funny. Anyways, 
That's what I got for the NFC, Ryan. Yeah, I see Saints going somewhere nine and seven, ten and six next year. But unfortunately, they didn't really want to think about next year yet, and now they have to. And that wasn't Drew forcing their hands either, because again, it's not official he's retiring, but he gone. You he's know? Gone. Yeah, he's he might 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 do something like what Philip Rivers did, but Philip Rivers was more forced into the situation and Drew Brees was still playing at a very high level. So I think if you're Drew Brees, you try to go out on a high note, that Peyton Manning fantasy ending when you are holding up your Lombardi saying, yeah, I think it's time to call it quits. Like that's what you want. And sometimes it's just not what you get. So if he does call it quits now to Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, both heck of a career fellas, heck of a career. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, anything, as far as the actual game goes, any gameplay that stuck out to you between the Buccaneers and the Saints? Not overly. I mean, it was a pretty it was a pretty standard game. Breeze did not play well, as we already established, and that ended up really being the difference. But I don't necessarily think it was much more than what we already said. Yeah, it was also not being able to make stops on the defensive side. I mean, you gave up 30 points to Tampa Bay, and I know Tampa Bay's offense is very good. I'm not undermining that. At the same time, though, when a game is played, not necessarily that sloppily, but almost had like a careless feel to it, like you didn't really care what was going to happen next. When a game is played like that, you're going to get a 30 to 20 outcome. And then, yeah. This isn't like the Monday Night Football matchup from a few years ago where the Chiefs and Rams played, and it was, what, 54-51 and Rams win? Something like that. Some dumb number. It was crazy. It was like 105 total points in that Monday Night Football game, probably one of the top 20 NFL games ever played. But there's a difference. Those teams kind of felt like they knew what they were doing in that Monday night football game when their defenses each gave up over 50 points, these two teams, neither one of them looked like they kind of knew what they were doing, you know? Yeah. Tampa Bay is going to have to pick their act up a little bit here if they want to stand a chance. They can do it. The question is just will they? Will they indeed is the question, but... When push comes to shove, the NFC is a wrap until the NFC Championship game between the Packers and Tampa Bay. We will get to our game picks in a moment. Uh, it'll be very interesting once again. Now, the AFC, which I think probably surprised a lot of people. A lot of stars went down on this side of the league over the divisional round. Let's start out with the Ravens and the Bills. Uh, Ryan, any takeaways, by the way, for uh, perspective, the Bills won 17-3. to Yeah. Wow, Lamar. Wow. Listen, I know that you've never seen snow before or whatever, but wow. That was not good. Like, top to bottom, that was not good. Not even that great of a game, in my own opinion. I'm, I'm a bit more of an offensive connoisseur, but not a great game. Close game, relatively speaking. 
Not a great game. The Ravens were just no good. They were simply outclassed. Allen didn't have a great game. Lamar definitely didn't have a great game. You know what, Bills? If you need one of these games to squeak your way to a championship, take this game. You got a little bit lucky that you played a team who played worse than you did. You did good on defense, and you snuck out with a win. Good job. Well, there's a. I think what's interesting is that the storylines from after the game were by far more expensive than not expensive, but impressive than the storylines within the game. But a quick breakdown: one, it didn't snow. It didn't snow like people thought it would. There was snow in the area, but it's not like the field was covered in white snow everywhere, and Lamar Jackson wasn't slipping and sliding everywhere. It was just. A sloppy game, it felt like. Yeah, I was trying to give him an excuse, but it didn't. I, I had nothing else, so I just kind of gave him a chance. Well, I can give him an excuse. He got a concussion. There's one. Knocked out of the game with a concussion, but we'll talk about that in just a moment because the Bills win 17 to 3. Bills, the Ravens' defense isn't fantastic. It's just simply put, not fantastic. They have star players, but Throughout the year, they have been a so-so defense. Once again, this is coming from a Chiefs fan, and his Chiefs team is probably a so-so defense in the regular season. I know what I'm talking about when I say the term so-so. I just do, and that's exactly what the Ravens not only played like in the regular season, but that's what they played like in this divisional round. Good for you. You were 6-5. and five, You ended 11-5. and five. You punched your playoff ticket, Whoopi. I'm I'm happy for you. To, to no avail. You go into Buffalo, and thank goodness Buffalo fans got to be there. And that's that. You're done. Dunzo gave your quarterback a concussion. Only put up three points. I don't know that I'd say to no avail. I mean, they beat the Titans. That that was a huge step for this team. Yes, they beat the Titans. To no avail. Uh, I disagree. I think there's so much about, you know, dealing with ghosts and... Oh, wait, sorry, no, that's Sam Donald. Sorry, dealing with, you <laughs> know, the ideas and these narratives that get stuck on you. He broke the narrative. Lamar Jackson couldn't win a playoff game, they said. So we walked in, faced the team that took him out last year, and he got through them. Not every, oh, I... not every year is going to be a Super Bowl. I think for Ravens fans, it sucks. You want to do better. Sure, I'm with you. I don't think that this was a wasted year by any means. I think this is an important step to take and an important development to make if you want to win the Super Bowl. Not every team wins it on their first try. Not every team wins it on their second or third. Some teams win it on their ninth or tenth. And if that's what it takes, every development helps. They broke the narrative. I think think that counts for something. I so disagree. I so disagree with the perspective of who the Titans were to the Ravens. Because we talk about fighting your past ghosts or demons or whatever is stopping Lamar Jackson and the Ravens from winning a playoff game. They say Lamar Jackson hasn't won a game. He then went and did it against Tennessee. Then they go and stand on the logo in Tennessee make and then make a bunch of hoopla about it because the Titans were being a bunch of jerks a season before. Can we all just get over ourselves? And you know what? 
I think that's exactly what Baltimore did. They said, okay, we're done. We, we proved our one singular point. Uh, nothing else has value anymore. No, this wasn't a ghost that they were trying to chase down. This was purely a revenge tour of one. And you know what? They completed that tour and then got shipped off to Buffalo just to be sent back home for the entire offseason. And that's just the way it is. And if you're a team that has an offense as as good as the Ravens, it is built around Lamar Jackson. Granted, he didn't play his best football this year. But, man, I really expected more, personally. I just expected more. And I really don't like how they view the Titans. And not because I root for the Titans a lot, because I didn't agree with what the Titans did either. But because I wanted to see a little bit more competitive juice out of the Ravens than three points against Josh Allen, you know? I I don't disagree with that part, but I don't know. I think sometimes it takes a while, and I'm looking at this as a step. You take your steps, you slowly work your way up, and you'll get there eventually. Not every team ever gets there, but sometimes they do. So... I get what you're saying. I definitely think that, you know, there was a lot of energy put into the Titans. And, I mean, rightfully so, everything that happened earlier that season. It wasn't even last year. It was this year. I think it was, like, week 12-ish or something like that. Something like that. Like, it did happen this season. You know, those emotions ran high. And ultimately, yeah, you're walking home the offseason end of the day. But at least you were here for more than five minutes. I, I, I don't feel bad about the way they, this season went for them. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them for putting themselves in the playoffs to begin with. It is impressive when you start out 6-5. and five, Everyone was doubting you, and you proved the doubters wrong. But what that tells me for the future is I worry about the Ravens. I really do. You say, oh, they're a young team. Not everyone gets on their first, second, third, whatever try. The Ravens are running out of tries. They're a young team that is still running out of out of tries. Who's Ingram? Was that the guy who they cut? Not cut. Rele- but well, released. Cut. Released, yeah. He's gone. Lamar Jackson, this is your season to make a point. This upcoming season. Are you the once MVP now can't be fit into a scheme, Lamar Jackson? Or are you a future Super Bowl champion? I need to see it. I need to see that same competitive juice and then some. Because if you go out there and you have a complete bummer of a season, the rebuild signs are on the wall. That's all I'm saying. They really are. Even on defense, which I know I've said was so so earlier, but think about it. Who are your trading pieces if you're Baltimore? Well, offense is pretty decent. They have a great offensive line. Hollywood Brown, maybe doubt it. I'm looking at that defensive side, Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters. We're going to see what happens, but I really I don't like it. I don't like it, Ryan. That's fair. And as much as I kind of hope you're right, because they're still in my team's division, but I'm not pushing the panic button just yet. You know, 
the competitive football fan in me is pushing that button. Quite frankly, my bold take is this. I see the writing on the wall for the Baltimore Ravens. I just do. The writing's on the wall one way or another. We're just going to have to wait and see what it says. Fair enough. But let's move on to what was probably not the best playoff game. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Can I say? Yeah. Um, Chiefs and Browns. Brian, can I please say something weird? It's your team. Go for it. Oh, my goodness. Andy Reid has the largest gut of ev- of any person <laughs> I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm glad that and was I'll, the opener. The largest gut I've ever seen. And I wanted to say something else that I'm not going to say on this podcast. One, because I'm a Christian. Two, because I'm a Christian. But still, the largest gut, both physically and football-wise. Andy Reid. Bro. Go to like a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City and get yourself some free barbecue for that play call. So for those of you who don't know what's happening, uh, the score ended up being what was it, twenty-two to seventeen? Uh, I have no idea. Yes, yes. I, I was like ninety percent sure, yes. but I was scared to say yes. Been a long. Time. Well, the Chiefs had the ball, and it was third and fourteen. And I believe the Browns used their last timeout after the third down try. But hold up. Press the pause button, Ryan. Did you press the pause button? It's pressed. Great. Let's talk about something else. Ref screwing over NFL teams exit the New Orleans Saints, enter the Cleveland Browns. Keep in mind, guys, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm a Chiefs fan who understands. Oh, they got you. They got you straight up. So what ended up happening is the Browns were, they had a touchdown play. And who was it? The the tight end that caught the ball was running. Was it, was it Austin Hooper? Probably. Probably. Oh, I think it was David Njoku. I think it was David Njoku. Oh my goodness. Um, He's on that team. I actually forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Njoku dives for the end zone with the ball because Daniel Sorensen of the Chiefs, one of their safeties, was approaching him. And at that point, you are giving yourself up if you are diving. Daniel Sorensen follows suit, dives at him. And the way it happened, it was a clear targeting helmet-to-helmet contact penalty that resulted in the ball being fumbled through the end zone for a touchback. Now, there's been enough hatred of the touchback rule for a long time. I don't like it personally, and it worked out in my team's favor then, so I kind of kept quiet until the day after. I'm like, yeah, okay, not a good rule. But that was bad. When you miss a blatant targeting penalty, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it was intentional. No. You know, the Chiefs Kingdom calls Daniel Sorensen Dirty Dan, but he does not play dirty in his nature. That was not intentional. It was a defender diving to have any chance of stopping the offense. And, and and you know what? Technically speaking, he did. Yeah. The touchdown turned to a touchback, and he didn't get caught. But it's one of those things where, you know, if you're Sorensen, chances are you feel bad because you know what that really was. 
you know what that was, and the refs weren't going to call it, and Cleveland is mourning. So you keep on going. What happens? Let's see, who else got injured during that game? It was like Miles Garrett was injured on and off, and then Mahomes. Chiefs Kingdom was holding their breath in, was it the third quarter, I believe? Mahomes goes down, looks like a hit to the neck of the head, and he slams his head against the dirt. And he comes back up very slowly, discombobulated, falls back down. His teammates have to catch him. Tony Romo enthusiastically stated that if that's not a concussion, I don't know what is. Mind you, Lamar Jackson also got a concussion. Believe me when I said we were going to talk about what happened after the injury of Lamar Jackson. We're going to get there. It has to do with my shout-out. You'll see. Um, As far as Mahomes goes, it's interesting because when he does get up, he runs to the locker room, and the whole time he's trying to get back in the game. Now, they take him out but they never officially say he has a concussion. They just say he's in concussion protocol. What does that mean? Well, we didn't have all the information until later. As of now, it really means there was something that happened in a nerve that went to his neck. Now, of course, it's very dangerous when you hear about that, but he is fine. He practiced today, which is Thursday, in a helmet, and they're saying that he's likely going to play this Sunday. He did not have a concussion, but it was a very awkward hit that knocked him out for the rest of the game. So press play on that pause button earlier, Ryan. Did you press play? Pressed. Without Mahomes, Chad Henney comes in, throws a horrible interception, and somehow keeps the Chiefs semi-alive in that game. They were up, what, 16 at halftime. And now cut that down to five, third and 14. If the Chiefs get a first down, they can win the game with 50 seconds and change. They can just knee it out because Cleveland has no more timeouts. If they don't get the first down, they have to punt it away and give Cleveland one last chance. The stakes are higher than ever. Kansas City is holding their breath. Cleveland Browns are holding their breath. Chad Henney takes the snap, third and 14. No one's open. Takes a run. Keeps running. Keeps running, dives for the first down marker. Tony Romo thinks that they have the first down. Chad Henney sent the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. Hold the phone. Ryan, you know what I'm about to say? I know exactly what you're about to say. Fourth and an inch. Oh, you could feel how deflated everyone was. The Chiefs still had two timeouts. They had every right to go up there to the line on fourth and inches and try and draw Cleveland offsides to ice the game. Because if they did draw them offsides, that's an automatic first down and the game would be over, statistically speaking. And that's exactly what they try to do. They get up. Tony Romo says, I believe his direct quote, because he was commentating this game was, yeah, just look at the body position, the body language. They're not running a play. You have players standing up, scoffing, fake huts and fake cadences or fake directions rather and then the ball gets snapped also let me just say for them to fool tony romo that's a good fake he's a very smart commentator yeah if you can recall he was mean a lot his first year commentating because he called a 
buttload of plays before that actual play came to pass. Like he was a wizard. And so they snapped the ball. And you think, okay, uh, it's a QB sneak for one inch, or they're going to hand it off to the running back. No, Henny rolls out right. Okay, he's going to run for the first down. No, he throws on a fourth down and inches on their own side of the football field with plenty of time for the Cleveland Browns to score, throws for about three, four yards to Tyreek Hill, who falls down inbounds with possession of the ball for a first down. Kansas City is going to the AFC Championship game. Final score, 22-17. to And it is at that point I lost my voice, Ryan. I can imagine. So I know Ryan's probably sick of me talking. He's like, I got stuff to say, White. Come on, come on. But all that to say, one missed call by the refs. Quite frankly, that's what it was. Just one really bad missed call. But in the grand scheme of things, when two teams were playing the way they did, and keep in mind we threw a horrible interception to the Browns after that bad call, I really don't think that is what defines a game. Despite it being one score, despite being a five-point difference, as a Chiefs fan and as a football fan, I don't think that missed call cost you the game. That's just me. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, I firstly, I actually don't hate that rule. I know a lot of people hate the rule. I think it adds a risk-reward to it, so I actually have no issue with the rule. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how that hit can be made and not called. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's one of those situations. Like when you look at the no PI call, you know exactly what game I'm talking about. You know exactly what game I'm talking about. That defined the game. That was literally the game was theirs if the refs did their job. The Browns still could have won this game, even with a missed hit to the head. And it's also one of the calls that, to be fair, is generally a little bit more nuanced than, hey, you basically body slammed the guy before the ball came. And, you know, was it wrong? Yes, it was It was a wrong call. I mean, it was a pretty much head-on-head contact. But I don't think that this defines the game either. I, re- I really don't. I don't know what you would say defines this game. I guess that's up to interpretation, but I don't think it's that. I don't think one play, one missed call was the reason the Browns lost this game. Well, you asked me what defines the game. And as a football fan, Andy Reid defines that game. Here you are. Chad Henney runs for 13, <clears throat> 13 and a half yards. And you think he has a conversion to win the game. You think Chad Henney defines that game. No, he doesn't. Andy Reid makes arguably the gutsiest football play call in the history of playoff football. That is a bold play. That's ar- it's arguable, but you got to consider the situation. You're on your own side of the field on a fourth down, and you throw the ball with a backup quarterback who completely overthrew Tyreek Kill for a horrible interception earlier in that game. It's a bold take, I understand. There have been other very bold plays, but given the situation, oh, it was so gutsy. Andy Reid really does have the biggest gut, both physically and metaphorically, of any person I've seen in the National Football League. So kudos to him. 
I think he defines that game perfectly. And by the way, fun fact, Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles took the Eagles to host the NFC Championship game three seasons in a row. Now, granted, nothing ever came to pass of that until he goes to Kansas City. And now the Chiefs get to host the AFC Championship game three years in a row. He's the only coach to ever do that for both conferences, which is really cool. Well, he's the only one to do it in I, like either conference. Yeah. I just clarify, no other AFC or NFC team has ever done it. And remember, like this time last year, he was still regarded as a failure of a coach because he hadn't won yet. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, for the longest of time, was that close but not quite fit. He was the Buffalo Bills of football coaches in the NFL. And, you know, he finally won his Lombardi last season, so good for him. I, I know I was I was crazy. I was you drunk were. with excitement. Um, <laughs> not physically drunk. I don't drink. But you're right. You're, you're just right. That's what I know to say. Unfortunately, Ryan, we got to move on. I warned you before this podcast that in between the games, I had something crazy to talk about, and I wanted it to be what I know you've been waiting for. Oh, so late, late. right now, right now, before we go to the game picks, I want you to just let it rip. Let us, let us know how you really feel. I have been pretty mean to the Pittsburgh Steelers recently. It might be because they've become the laughing stock of the NFL, excluding the Jets because they're the Jets. But I've been a, a pretty mean guy to the to the team. So when I saw news that they signed incredible meme Dwayne Haskins, I felt excited. Now listen, let's take a moment and acknowledge that Dwayne Haskins has not had a great start to his career. No one is denying this. No one is debating. However, he to me is a prototype of what Big Ben is. He's a much, much, much worse Big Ben right now. Conspired felon? Is that what you're saying he is? I will destroy you when this podcast ends. Okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> like, his playing style and his personal life are very similar to that of Big Ben. So... <laughs> is that how you're putting it? Personal life? Well, I mean, also... <laughs> Not, it's not just the criminal record; it's their female body as well that must be considered. They, they really, they're going to be good friends. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But I, okay, okay, I got to be serious for a second. Football wise, you think this was a good move? Listen. Let's let's go over the best and worst case scenarios here, okay? Best case scenario, you just got a guy who, who was considered the second best quarterback in his draft at the time he was drafted. Higher higher end first round draft pick who's got a pretty good arm, decent size. He turns into your franchise quarterback modeling after Big Ben's performance in the field. Great. Not the only thing he's modeling after Big Ben. I uh, know he didn't model that off Big Ben. That he that he got himself. 
Are you sure? I'm hoping. I'm just saying he has a lot of time for modeling now. Well, not anymore. Now he's got a team. The worst case scenario. Well, Big Ben had a team whenever he was modeling after, I don't know, whatever criminal came before him. I don't know who. I don't know what, what your deal is with attacking our quarterbacks. I just wish you were wrong about them. When you I don't know what the deal is with your quarterbacks attacking other people. I mean, you know, <laughs> Mason Rudolph was attacked, so that one kind of cancels out. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, your starting quarterback was conspired to have, I don't want to say that word, committed a very serious, serious, serious crime against them. Mason Rudolph gets a bruise from a helmet because of Miles Garrett after calling him insert word there. Oh, he did not say it. Okay, well, that's to be confirmed or denied. However, really? You're comparing apples and oranges and saying there's the same thing there? Dude, they're not. I'm sorry. And also, uh, Devlin Hodges was just great. Can't hate that guy. No, you really can't. With a nickname like Duck, I really I like that dude. But yeah. All things aside, I think the potential for Dwayne Haskins of being a franchise guy is worth the risk of him being an annoying backup for a couple years. Like, I I just, there's no risk here to me. Obviously, you hope he develops. You hope you don't have another locker room issue. But if he is, you just cut him. He's been. All right. Well, let up before. Go ahead. Sorry. I was pretty much just wrapping up with like, you cut him, whatever. You cut your losses and drop quarterback, whatever. Like, you've now. You've got someone who could, you know, do that role, and all of a sudden you can now go to the draft and address maybe the fact that you don't have a running game. Okay, well, um, a few issues to what you just said, and I'm not even going to talk about no criminal histories. That is, people have different opinions about that, especially if you're a Steelers fan. Not that Ryan's opinion is blinded or biased in any way, because. No, Quite, in all honesty, no, it's not. There's no denial on their pasts. Yeah, there just isn't. But I think that actually is the issue. Now, I say I'm not going to talk about their criminal history in terms of their criminal history. I'm going to talk about their criminal history in terms of football history. Now, stay with me, Ryan. Okay. You have a semi-drama-conspired-slash-prone quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, and he played a fairly decent season this year, I would say. He was 13-0 start, not bad. 11-0. 11-0. Still, not bad. What happens, though? Over the years, countless people, mind you, also kind of drama queens, and Le'Veon Bell, who's now on the Chiefs, and I... Sorry, excuse that background noise. I still don't like Le'Veon Bell per se. Um, Antonio Brown, who seems to be on the up, but still also convicted of something um, very similar to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Not convict is not the right word. Nothing's confirmed. But uh, all that to say, these off-field issues is defining the Steelers more than the on-field issues. We discussed that in the very last podcast episode we had. Did we not? Yeah. So, here we are, and you hire, oh, here's the Gandhi, the Buddha of the locker room, who's going to unite us all, 
so our starting quarterback can rally onto the field, so our team can feel safe if something happens to him with this one, the chosen one, the savior, the replacement, the also conspired felon, Dwayne Haskins. Major locker room issues can't be solved with another major locker room issue. A negative times a negative does not equal a positive here. It just doesn't. And Ryan, I'm sorry. I really see this as a dumpster fire move for the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It could very well work out in gameplay if you let it. But this isn't something that's going to unite the team. Yeah, let's gather around the campfire and sing our jail time song. No, Ryan. It's football. And I just don't see this working out. That's all well and good. The difference with Haskins that doesn't necessarily, and it might not end, again, five years from now might not be the difference. He's still young. I mean, there is still an opportunity for this kid to write this ship. You talked about A.B. Do you think any of us thought A.B. was ever going to write the ship? No. I know I didn't. If he takes this as the wake-up call that it is, and he's smart, and he works hard, which are all very much ifs, then he will develop, and he will be better than he is right now, and this won't be an issue. If he does not, then you cut him because he probably hasn't improved at football either, realistically. I understand that, you know, you're kind of you know, fighting fire with fire a little bit in terms of locker room issues. I don't necessarily think that the locker room works the way you think it does in terms of Big Ben. I don't think anyone looks at that stuff, to be honest with you. When you're in a locker room with someone, especially where his situation was so uncertain, I think there's just there's room for him to fix himself. And he's got to commit to that. And realistically, the Steelers are not a great team for him to try to rebuild himself. But there's a chance. And I am okay with taking the risk because I genuinely think that if he's not better, then I don't necessarily think that the locker room is going to explode. I mean, it'll be fine. Obviously, he'll stink having another guy around who isn't serious. But you just get rid of him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like it. And I'm not going to like it until I see the evidence to prove me otherwise. That's just my stance. But, Ryan, we are reaching the 15-minute mark of this podcast. We're actually closer to the hour mark. We need to get into our game picks. Now, thankfully, this isn't going to take too long. We just have two games. But, boy, this is going to be interesting, Ryan. Go ahead, AFC Championship. We have Kansas City hosting the Buffalo Bills. Who do you have and Give me a score prediction as well. Oh, score prediction. Really? Okay. Um, Looking at this game, Chiefs and Bills. I'm sorry if that background noise or some stuff going on, but proceed Chiefs and Bills. Let me just first say, I don't buy the whole Mahomes does another concussion. That that doesn't sound right to me. I don't believe it. Um, I'm going to take the Bills. You you ever just get a feeling that a team is meant to be? I think this team is meant to be in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to have to follow my gut on that one a little bit. In terms of score, I'm going to say 34 to 
about 28, 34-28. 34-28, not a bad score prediction at all. Um, yeah, I get that feeling when teams are meant to be. I think that was the Chiefs two seasons ago when they lost in the AFC Championship to the Patriots. I thought that was the Cleveland Browns this year until they lost to my Chiefs in the, a- in the AFC Divisional round. And now, this Bills team, the dream team, don't get me wrong, I have become a huge supporter of everything the Bills organization stands for this past season for reasons we will get to eventually. But I don't see it. I I see the Chiefs winning this, and that's not bias, guys. I see the Chiefs winning a very close one, very high-scoring 33-30 victory. Because the Chiefs just fundamentally know how to win the close games. They're really good at it, Ryan. Home field advantage was stolen from the Bills. And here's the thing. The Bills, I don't necessarily know if they would have beaten the Browns if that's who they were going to play either. So, especially if they play like they did against the Ravens, I got the Chiefs winning this one. Fair enough. All right. This gets very interesting. Buccaneers and Packers. Packers host in the cold, cold tundra of Green Bay. You ever get a feeling that a team's meant to be? Because <laughs> I've got that feeling about the Packers. <laughs> Except I see them winning it all where I just see the Bills going to the Super Bowl. But still, I, I don't know how you pick Rodgers to lose. And you know what? I know it's hard to pick Brady to lose too, and I could very well get burned because many people doubt Brady, and then many people get burned. I just don't see how this team loses right now. So ultimately, I'm going to have to go with the hotter hand, in my own opinion. And I just, I got to take them. I got to take Packers. Score wise, I'm going to go with 24 21. 2421. Interesting. Hey, Ryan. Hey, what? You ever get a feeling that a team is just meant to be? No, not really. No, no. I don't get that much often, but when I do, it's normally about the Browns this past season and they get let down. Or the Chiefs two seasons ago and they get let down. This season, I also had a team on the NFC side which from the beginning, I was like, man, they had potential last year, and they couldn't capitalize. So what do they do? They go and make some moves. They they refigure who they are as a team, and they come back in a fierce division, all things considered, and they try to make a bit of a name for themselves, or rather bolden the names that were already fairly big. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan. I'm not going to lie. I feel like you kind of described both teams in different ways. Oh, yeah. That was the point. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up 30 points on the New Orleans Saints. Regardless of how they got their points, the score 30 against New Orleans, granted they weren't playing their best game, that impresses me. Now, let me put this idea into your head. Super Bowl 55 on CBS, we played 
in Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, Florida. I think if there's any player in the history of football that would get to play a Super Bowl in his home stadium and possibly even win it, it's Tom Brady. I agree. I talked earlier. Yeah, I talked. Yeah, I mean, the guy won six rings. I mean, what else is there really to do? He's getting kind of bored, you know? (laughs) Next year, he'll move to the Chargers or Rams and try and win in SoFi Stadium. But uh, if there's any player who can do it, it's Tom Brady. If there's any team that can do it this season, it's the Buccaneers. And if there's any team I'm going to pick to win this football game, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 24-21. to Tampa Bay beats Green Bay, and they get to host their own Super Bowl. Well, what can I say? There's only one way to find out. See, this is interesting. Normally, we review what happened last week before we get into our game picks. So let me fill you in, Ryan, on something I've been waiting to mention. Do I know what this is? Yes, you do. Okay. Last week, we agreed that the Packers would beat the Rams. And we both were very successful in that investment. Then we differed on every other game. Yeah, and you good time. Yeah, and I, I, there's something about my playoff predictions that are spot on. In MLB, a couple of years ago, when the Nationals won it all, when they were at the bottom of their division, I told someone that they would beat the Dodgers in six games in the World Series. We almost put money on it that day. And boy, I should have because I would have been filthy rich. That is a true story. I promise up and down. Now, I went 4-0. and oh, The first time either of us have ever gotten 100% predictions right. Granted, there were only four games. But still, Ryan, I'm feeling pretty confident. Fair enough. I hope you're scared knowing that we disagree on the outcomes of these games. I'm pretty sure I've already clinched the championship, so I'm not. Oh, yeah. you Mathematically, you have. So you, you yeah. can, even if you just wanted to, like, goof off and pick teams that are different from my teams, just this for the sake of you. it. Yeah, that's totally fine. And if that is what you're doing, I don't care because I'm 4-0 and you were 1-3. Oh, well, um, I'm picking the teams first, so I'm not sure how I'd pull that off. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and I'm not picking the teams because I just want to disagree with you. I'm picking my teams because I really think it's going to be Chiefs and Bucks in the Super Bowl. Um, earlier, the start of the playoffs, we both had Packers and Chiefs, and I had Chiefs, you had Packers. Now here we are, and none of us are completely standing by our predictions. So it's just going to be a little bit interesting, you know? Although we made it like a bet specific to like, it has to be these two teams in the Super Bowl. The bet doesn't matter. We're not far off from that bet mattering. We really aren't. And we can make a new one come Super Bowl week after the championship games. Um, now for the news. I told you it's going to happen. Psych, you thought it was NFL news. It's not. It's two dudes news. Are you ready, Ryan? I'm ready. All right. Then again, we want to go ahead and remind y'all that there is going to be a season two of Two Dudes Football. 
we are so excited to announce that because we get to do the full season instead of starting halfway through like a couple of lazy bombs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we did that, but I mean, it worked, I guess. Yeah, it did. We are getting enough listeners that we feel confident it's worthwhile. And hopefully we'll have more of a schedule because we'll both be in college. So that works out for us. Um, we are also in the summer doing a limited series, not a lot of episodes on this whatsoever, but a limited series baseball podcast. I'd almost call it a baseball talk, but it is the two dudes baseball podcast, a limited series edition coming to your smartphones this summer of 2021. We're super excited about that. And I, I almost wish we were doing it right now because as a Jays fan, my goodness, there are a lot to talk about. And as a Padres fan, ooh, there is a lot That's to talk about, point. but we can't talk about baseball. Um, even though we probably could go ahead and get like an early release out if the fans really want it. I mean, if we're doing only like if we set a number of episodes, we do like a like an off season review, and it's just us gushing about our own teams and no one else. Uh, we could pull that off. <laughs> um, come twenty twenty two, there are unofficial plans in the work for a two dudes hoops. All things basketball related. Keep in mind, that's going to include Olympics, college basketball, men and women's basketball, professional and collegiate level. Different. It's a lot of stuff to consider. It's not going to be very score specific because it is so broad a sport. But, hey, at least it's not soccer. We just upset somebody. I'm not sure who. But all I want to say to them... Oh, we, we, ups- we upset two-thirds of the world. Soccer's the greatest game on earth to many people. And I say it's not soccer because soccer is so general. That's not a shot towards soccer. I would like to make a shot um, towards soccer. It's bad. All right. Okay. Well, okay, we can keep going now. <laughs> uh, we are currently in Season 2 of the Two Dudes Hockey Podcast. We are going to be recording our third episode of the season sometime very shortly after this. Um, probably not today, but still sometime within the week. We have a lot to talk about in the hockey world as well, including Gary Bettman following in the NFL's footsteps of just not knowing how to manage leagues against COVID. He did great the first time, and now, man, that's bad. Um, that's neither here nor there. Anything else you want to say pertaining to the topic of football before we get into our shout-outs, Ryan? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really think so. Like, I'm trying to think if anything else has really happened news-wise, and I think at this point we probably covered most of it. So I think we can move into shout-outs. Well, Ryan, by all means, go first. All right. Well, when you're looking at giving shout-outs, sometimes you don't really know what to do. And I'm not going to lie to you. I came into today going, I have no idea what to give a shout-out to. And honestly, I still don't know what to give a shout-out to. So what I'm going to give a shout-out to is the fact that the Blue Jays just signed one of the best relievers in all of baseball. And who might that be? Goodness me, I literally, as you asked that question, the name totally slipped out of my mind. So give me a quick second to go look at it. Like I was well, if you don't if you of, don't remember it, then it must not be that important. I was thinking of his name right until you asked me the question, and then it was just gone. 
are you sure that you want to do a baseball podcast? Are you kind of going to know baseball to do a baseball podcast, Ryan? Oh, I know baseball. It's just, you know, you uh-huh. Kirby Yates. What a man. Oh, right. You see, that is why I was crying yesterday because he was on the Padres for years and then he went to Toronto and betrayed us. But, you know, it is what it is because, yeah, long story. But we can keep hear about that and, for him now, though. You can just cheer for Toronto. That, that's pretty fair. I mean, I don't have anything against Toronto. So, yeah, I'll probably root for him a little bit. Okay, outside of the realm of baseball, my shout-out, and this is a little bit crazy. This weekend, the Chiefs play the Bills for the rights to go to the Super Bowl. And my shout-out goes to one of the rowdiest fan bases in all the league, most caring, kind, and simultaneously crazy. Bills Mafia, my shout-out goes to you. We've really been praising them a lot on the show. Oh, yeah, we have. And this is why. Lamar Jackson goes down with an injury. He gets a concussion, and he's out for the game. What does Bills Mafia do? They get a widespread attempt to donate money to his charity. So I don't know, remember exactly what it was called, but it's like you donate $8 for, on behalf of Lamar Jackson number eight and it's a very good cause it helps like improve um you know interaction with the neighborhoods and the growth of just communities and spreading football and helping kids especially being able to get out of tough situations uh it's super super inspirational in my opinion it's walter payton worthy almost but you know it is a very young program so we hope it can keep growing and with what the Bills did after Lamar's injury was just so incredible. On social media, they got pretty much thousands upon thousands of Bills Mafia to donate to Lamar's fund. I mean, the respect there, it's almost tear-jerking. You really, I really can't think of a way to hate on that fan base. You gotta love them. You gotta love them. And, you know, Bills, if, if you're a Bills fan, you're listening, and you're like, man, he's he's been picking his cheese. He just doesn't know when to stop. I promise when I think the Chiefs are going to lose, I will say it. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose this weekend. But if you guys keep that up, you guys will never deserve to lose. All right? My heart will break for you if your hearts break this weekend. And my heart will rejoice with you if your hearts rejoice this weekend, and also, because do what? And also break. And also break, but you guys deserve that. You deserve the world for what you did. You are changing lives, Bills Mafia. And my shout out goes to you. So I just want to say thank you. I mean, I, I think that's, I don't think we're going to say anything better than that in terms of ending it off ask me no we're not we certainly aren't uh it's been a great episode thank you guys so much for listening um update we have a new two dudes hockey account or we should within the week so if you followed that and you're like well where to go well be sure to follow two dudes hockey on instagram we shall return with a rebrand pretty interesting ryan anything else i don't think so
Again, Bill's Mafia, thank you so much. To our listeners, thank you so much. I am Wyatt Fairman alongside Ryan Paulsover. Ryan, what has this been? It's two dudes 